God's word together. We're in Matthew 25 today, 14 through 30. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And the title, title this morning is Kingdom Talents. Kingdom Talents. Um, all through the gospel of Matthew, and we've used this phrase lots of times, Jesus has been teaching us identity and purpose. And we have defined that uh, kind of like how our, our stage wall is set up. So um, between the cross and the crown, disciple, right? That's who we are, disciples between the cross and the crown. And then um, between the cross and the crown, disciple, meaning that's our purpose. That's what we do, right? We disciple. And so we are learning as we go through the gospel of Matthew, and now we're in Matthew 25, that that crown not only represents Jesus, that he's the king of kings and that he's He's risen from the dead, but also that he's coming back and that he's the king of the kingdom that's eternal. And that is the full consummation of all things. And so we realize now we're between the cross and the resurrection and his return. And that is the context of Matthew 25. Matthew 25 is the lab of Jesus's teaching in Matthew 24 about the last days and his return. And so we enter this lab today, second part of the lab. We looked at the first section last week and um, we enter it today just getting some more practical uh, handles on how we are to live our lives as disciple of Jesus in the reality of knowing that Jesus is coming back. So uh, this week I was reading I was reading a commentary and I always appreciate it when really smart people uh, write in such a way that it, it gives, gives us uh, some clarity in, in short form. And uh, this commentator said that the first paragraph in Matthew 25 is about vigilance. It's about us looking to Jesus, that he's coming back and being ready for that. We talked about ready by faith, right? And then today is about diligence. So vigilance and diligence. And that's what I'm talking about. Three words, it just helps, right? Two ways that we're supposed to be uh, responding and thinking about the return of Christ. The first one is vigilance. And the second is diligence. Vigilance, we're looking, we're eager, we're ready by faith. And then diligence is we're working to honor the king and to advance his kingdom in this world. And that's what we're gonna talk about today is honoring Jesus and advancing his kingdom in this world. So here's our big idea from Matthew 25, 14 through 30. It's Jesus has gifted us so we can advance his kingdom as we await his return. All right, Jesus has gifted us so that we can advance his kingdom as we await his return. So this passage is called the parable of the talents and so much of identity for us and purpose for us is in this passage. And so our goal today is to pick up that purpose from the Lord Jesus, to see ahead to what he is helping us understand is coming and to know the way that he has gifted us today. So here's the first point from verses 14 and 15. You have received responsibility from Jesus. All right, if we know we're to be diligent while we're here, not just like lame duck Christians waiting on Jesus to come back, like what are we supposed to be doing? And there's this diligence. So we know you have received responsibility from Jesus. So verse 14, just the very first part, starts with for it. And I'm just gonna stop there 
And, and we'll just talk about that for a minute. What is, what is this word it, all right? We know chapter 25 is talking about the kingdom of God. And here, this word here represents the activity of the kingdom of God right now as we await Jesus's return. That's the it, for it. For the activity of the kingdom of God right now as we await Jesus's return will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. All right, so there's verse 14. And we have three characters immediately introduced to us in verse 14. So who are they? Who is the man going on a journey? And that man is Jesus, all right? Jesus is the man that's going on a journey. So um, uh, I don't know if, if y'all have ever thought about this before, but what Jesus has done for us is, is in the shape of a W, okay? So, so Jesus is the eternal King of kings and Lord of lords, not non-created, right? Eternal, so he's in heaven, and then he comes down to us. That's his incarnation, right? And then he goes up on a cross, and then he goes down and he's buried, right? And then he goes up and he's raised, and then he goes up and he ascends, right? The W, see, see like, just never forget that. You're, you're welcome, all right, you're welcome. All right, so then where is Jesus right now? He is in heaven, he is at the right hand of God in bodily form raised, right? And he's coming back. So Jesus has done that for us. He's on a journey, he's ascended on high, he's gone away, he's gonna come back. So that's the man who's gone on this journey. Who are the servants? Who are the servants in verse 14? That's that's us. This word for servant means bond servant, which is the highest commitment, the highest level of focus on a master. And that illustrates the disciples then. It illustrates us now. And then what is Jesus's property? I just find it amazing that Jesus is given, giving us his property to steward, right? That's, a, that's amazing. So what is his property? It's the kingdom that he's building. It's the kingdom he's building. The message of the kingdom, the gospel, it's people, people redeemed by him who he loves, right? Shepherd, or he, he is a shepherd. He's redeemed people. He wants us to love them and then send those people with purpose to advance the kingdom of Jesus in this world. That's the kingdom property. When my dad, when I was growing up, my, my dad would, when he would leave and go on a business trip or go to work or whatever, he would look at me and be like, Mike, uh, hold down the fort, right? It, have y'all ever had anyone tell you that before? Hold down the fort? And I, I'd be like six years old, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, right? Like, I have no capability of holding down the fort, right? But my dad told me, hold down the fort. And I, I remember like, my dad is giving me responsibility, right? This is, this is awesome. I'm swelling with pride, right? I'm like, I got this. And then, but I, I didn't have this, right? right? right. And similarly, to the responsibility that Jesus is giving us here in this passage. The, the power was still my dad's, right? The, the house was still my dad's. The family was still my dad's. But he asked me to hold down the fort. He asked me to carry on what he is establishing. And so here in verses 14, just 14, we see that Jesus is the king and the kingdom is his, but we get to advance it. And, and that is mind-boggling. That's amazing. It's Jesus' kingdom. He's purchased it with a price. He's building it. Fruit will occur. And he's saying, he's saying, go and advance it and honor the king. So, so we think like, okay, well, with what? Like, you want me to do that, but, but with what? And that's verse 15. So 15 says, to one of the servants, to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each according to his ability, then he went away. 
All right, so we learn real quickly, we have responsibility and Jesus has given us talents, all right? So, so a talent then was, uh, a, was money, uh, kind of like Lily Joe said last week, cash money, right? Bring your cash money to uh, do the bake sale, right? Uh, it was money then, and if you have a note in your Bible and you look at that, it, it was equivalent to 20 years wages. That would have been a talent. So this is an enormous sum of money, right? This today would be hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then today we took that Greek word talentos and we pulled it and and now it means like you're gifted with something, right? Like you're talented. And we think of it more as like a gifting rather than money. But all that to say, Jesus is saying, you are being entrusted with something extraordinary in order to honor the king and, and to advance his purposes, right? So I don't think Jesus is only talking about money here. In fact, I think it's just one of many ways, and we'll talk about this in just a minute. By all means, we need to steward our money. We need to give the Lord our first fruits. But Jesus is talking broadly here about all the gifting that he's given us. So these extraordinary gifts, I want to just kind of maybe put it in three buckets for us, okay? The first extraordinary gift that we have is, is the gospel, right? It's the gospel. That Jesus Christ has um, come and our sins can be forgiven because he's paid the penalty for us on the cross and by placing our faith in him for forgiveness, we can be saved, right? The first gift we have by a long shot is him and the gospel, The next bucket I want you to think about is spiritual gifts, right? You're given spiritual gifts. We learn about them in Ephesians 4 and Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 and 1 Peter 4. We learn about them there, but you're given spiritual gifts. It says in Ephesians 4 that Jesus ascended on high and he dispersed gifts to men. Why? For the building up of the church so that it could represent the fullness of the stature of Jesus in this world. So by us using our spiritual gifts together, we actually represent the church. We actually represent Jesus in this world. Like one of our best means of evangelism, one of our best means of glorifying Jesus is us working together with our spiritual gifts that he's given us. So the gospel, spiritual gift, and the third one is opportunities. That's the the third bucket I want you to think about with what these talents are, opportunities. And y'all, opportunities can be anything, right? I I think we think think about people, right? People that are lost and how how to spread the gospel to them. We think about our time being opportunities. We think about our circumstances and not just our good circumstances, but our bad circumstances, right? We all recognize we can really glorify God when we are really sick. We can really glorify God when we are really weak. We can really glorify God when we're, when we're really un, in, incapable of doing something. So good and bad circumstances when we're, when we're experiencing financial blessing or when we're like dirt poor. The Lord can use all of that for his glory and the good of others. And then another one is, is needs you see. So you're going about, you're living your life and you see a need and and that, that may be an opportunity that the Lord wants you to lean into to honor him, to advance his kingdom, all right? So you have received responsibility from Jesus, verses 14 and 15. Um, I, did, I did some drawing for y'all, actually just writing for y'all this week. So here's a little prop, it's been a while. So um, this, is, uh, this is what Jesus has done for us, okay? It's the W again, all right? So Jesus came, right? He died on the cross, rose from the dead, and he ascended on high, and he gave gifts. And then what's coming? He will come again. And that's, that's what we're understanding. It's what we're seeing in Matthew 24, 25. And I think it's very important for us to understand, you are here, right? You are here. 
right? And the timeline of all the things that God has done, like creation's way up here, and then you've been recreated because of your faith in these things. And then y'all know what? He's given you gifts. He's given you talents. You are here. So the question and the emphasis and the feeling of this text is, do you know that you have talents from Jesus Christ? Do you know that you have opportunity? Do you know that you have the gospel to honor him and to advance his name? And then if you do, are you using them diligently? Because he's coming back and we want to honor him and we want to save as many, see saved as many people as possible and see encouraged as many people as possible. So there's the timeline, all right? Um, I'll just leave this here. I know it's really, really well done and well written. I hope you can read my, I hope you can read my writing. Okay, I wrote in all caps. If I wrote lowercase, you wouldn't be able to read it at all. All right, so, so that's where we are. You have received responsibility from Jesus. Next, clearly the next step then is you are to steward your opportunity for Jesus from verses 16 through 18. You are to steward your opportunity for Jesus. So verses 16 through 18 say, he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, with them, and he made five talents more. So also uh, he who had the two talents made two talents more. Verse 18, but he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid the master's money. So we know what these servants did. What did the first two servants do? They doubled what Jesus had entrusted to them. They doubled it. They took the gospel, they took the gifts, they took the opportunity, they honored Jesus, and they advanced his kingdom. And what did the third do? What did this third servant do? He buried the gospel. He buried the gifts. He buried the opportunity, right? I think of... I think of like a like an electronic device. Um, you've got you've got like that little tag on the cord that has a warning label, right? And we think about warning labels, and and if we had a warning label on the gift that Jesus has given you, on the talent that Jesus has given you, it wouldn't say um, wouldn't say danger, powerful, right? Because it is that, and you are supposed to use that for that reason. It would say, do not let go unused. That would, that would be the warning label on, on the talent that Jesus has given you. Uh, years ago, uh, our men's ministry went to Hope Reigns and um, they had a horse bridge that was kind of dilapidated and just needed, needed to be torn down and rebuilt. So um, the amazing Tim Horton uh, designed this thing, figured it all out, ordered all the wood, and we got to show up and help build this thing. And um, so we were, we were taking like two by 12 treated lumber and running it across this creek that horse, horses needed to be able to walk on. So like we needed to do a good job. This is a large animal, right? And um, let's, and then they're like re- rescue animals that are helping people who um, need, need some wonderful support. So uh, we wanted to do a good job. So we got like two by 12s and we're sistering them together and then we're laying them down as the joist that will go across, but it's treated lumber, it's two by material. And so it's really wet, it's really thick. And so we're pre-drilling holes and then we've got these big bolts and we're trying to get those things through, but y'all, it's hard. And we're like in the mud. I mean, it was, it was a manly moment, all right? So, so we're like, using crescent wrenches, like cranking these bolts through these joists. And then this guy that was there with us goes to his tool bag and he picks up a tool called the Milwaukee M18 Impact Fuel or something, right? And so he comes over with that thing, puts the right bit on it and just goes, and it was done. And all of us were like, say what, right? We're just, we're just like throwing our crescent wrenches in the creek, like what, what? And so, so it would have been dumb, 
for that tool to have not been used that day, right? Like powerful tool, capable of doing exactly what needed to be done. And other people are trying to like do their best, but there's somebody with the gift, somebody with that thing that can make it happen and really make what we're all building together strong. And so that man, that man used his tool. And I, I, want, I want you to hear that you are more useful in the kingdom than you think you are. You have more power from God than you think you have. And I think of 1 Corinthians 15, 58. This is Jesus's, or this is Paul's last line in 1 Corinthians 15, which is all about the resurrection of Jesus and our future resurrection as well. It says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in what? In, in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your, neighbor, your labor is not in vain. And I think so often we're like, man, I don't know, I don't see if there's kingdom movement here. I don't see any fruit happening. But as we're gonna learn from the Lord in this, in this next point, we see that what we're doing is not in vain. Jesus is absolutely using you and he's telling you, be steadfast, be immovable, and be abounding in the work of the Lord. So the question is, are you? Are you abounding in the work of the Lord or does this bad news or lack of a lot of fruitfulness make you move off of that mission or make you less steadfast in serving the Lord Jesus? He's saying be steadfast, be immovable, all right? So, so you have received responsibility from Jesus. You are to steward your opportunity for Jesus. And then here's the third one. You can receive a well done from Jesus when he returns. And y'all, this is so exciting. This, this section is unbelievably amazing. You can receive a well done from Jesus when he returns. So verses 19 through 23 say this. Now, now after a long time, so, so that's the period we're in right now, right? Jesus has ascended. He's at the right hand of the Father. He's gonna come back. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you have delivered to me uh, five talents, but I have made five talents more. He says, here, I have made five talents more. So, so he's not keeping them. He's offering them to the master. Do y'all see that? Like as, as worship, as offering. And then verse 21, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Then verse 22, he says, and he who also had the two talents came forward saying, master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. That's awesome. So Jesus just gave us more intel about what his return will be like. We know from chapter 24, tribulation is coming and he's gonna come out of the clouds. It's gonna be amazing and powerful. We gotta be looking for it, right? Vigilance. And then here, we learn that his return will include personal interaction with you. Personal interaction with me. So I wanna show you these broken down from his statement to these first two servants. I wanna show you three rewards when you meet Jesus, okay? But before that, I wanna ask you a question. Did you notice that Jesus gave different endowments to the servants, but he gave them the same rewards? Did you notice that? 
To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. Did you notice that? Different endowments, but the same reward to the first two. And, and y'all, that, that just sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? Think about it. We're different sinners, different sins, but the same cross, right? The same resurrection saves us. Faith in Jesus. We have different gifts at different levels, but Jesus gives us the same reward. And so I, I want to encourage all of us, don't sideline yourself by comparison or, or by thinking I'm not enough or, or by thinking I don't, I don't know how to use this thing. Like just go to work with the talent that the Lord has given you and honor your king and advance his kingdom, all right? That, that is by all means the feeling of this is God has gifted you, so use it for his glory, all right? So, so here's the three rewards when you meet Jesus, just broken down from his phrases, all right? So the first one is Jesus will commend your faithfulness. Jesus will commend your faithfulness. He's gonna say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. Right? I think so often we get strapped with guilt, like, but, but my sin and but my shame. And Jesus is like, the cross, I paid it for you there. I separated it from you as far as the east is from the west, as Psalm 103 says. Right? Right? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And here we see there is commendation for us. He will commend your fruitfulness. You, like us, individually. The second thing is, Jesus will welcome you into his joy. You see how he says that? Enter into my joy. And so I was thinking like, what is Jesus's joy? What is Jesus's joy? And y'all, Jesus's joy is reunion. His joy is reunion. In having succeeded in redeeming you and gifting you toward fruit and then getting you home. I think of Hebrews 12 verse 2, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. The joy set before him. What is the joy? It's actually, who is the joy? It's you. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy, meaning redeeming you, paying your penalty so by faith you could be saved. So enter into my joy means like enter into the success of Jesus and having redeemed us. Once we were not a people, now we are. Once we hadn't received mercy, now we have once we are unsaved, now we're saved. Once we, there's no way we could get to heaven because God's holy, we're not. Now there is because we have the righteousness of Jesus. He says, enter into my joy. Are y'all ever, um, are y'all ever reading on your own and, uh, and then all of a sudden like you read something that's really good and you just kind of like, you make a noise, right? You're all by yourself, you're reading, you make a noise, right? So that happened to me this week and uh, I, was reading, I was reading and uh, I read this I read this thing this guy wrote about this verse and I did one of those gospel grunts, right? Do y'all ever, y'all ever have gospel grunts? Like you're reading something in the word, you're reading something, you're like, mm, right? You know what I'm saying? Why don't y'all just practice real quick? Just give me your best gospel grunt. Everyone together so it's not embarrassing. Go. It's good, do it again. It's good. All right, so here's the gospel grunt line that got me this week. And if it gets you, if it gets you, just, just do a gospel grunt, okay? So it's this guy, I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot to get his, his first name, but his last name is Layton, all right? So, so he wrote, here, some drops of joy enter into us, but there we will enter into joy. And I was like, mm, right? Because y'all, here's, here's, a, here's a sentiment about, about the return of Jesus. And I get this. 
there are things that are coming in our lives that we're like really looking forward to and we really want to see happen, right? Like, like for, for me and Vanessa, it's like our kids growing up and like how are they, they going to do and we want to see them succeed and all of that and like all the prayers we're praying answered, like all that, right? But if Jesus returns, we're like, yes, Jesus returned. We're not going to have this, oh man, but I didn't get to. But in our flesh and in, in, our, in our, the things, the good things God is doing, we can think, oh, it's going to be, is it going to be a bit of a bummer to miss out on some of those things? And then when I read that, I was kind of thinking that a little bit. And then I read this, I'm like, hear some drops of joy. That's it. And that's so real, right? Like this world is hard, it's broken, it's dark. There's some drops of joy, but when y'all read the news, it ain't a lot of them. You know what I'm saying, right? Right? Some drops of joy, but there we will enter into joy, right? Jesus is describing the atmosphere of heaven as his successful win to fill it. Enter into joy. Jesus will welcome you into his joy. And then third one, the third phrase, the third reward is Jesus will reward you with responsibility in heaven. And maybe you're like, kind of thought I'd be in a hammock, right? Right? <laughs> right? But Jesus will reward you with responsibility in heaven. Think about the Garden of Eden, right? Adam is, is working. It's part of why God gave us fingers and muscles and minds and eyes and all of that, right? But, but there, was no, there were no thorns and thistles. There was no sweat. There was no difficulty. And so in heaven, everything's gonna be redeemed and right and we can use our bodies the way we were supposed to on land that we were, the, the way it was supposed to be. All things are gonna be redeemed. All things are gonna be restored. No more sweat, no more stress. Right? My back always hurts. Praise God, it's not going to anymore, right? So can't wait for that. So maybe after these three and learning this well done is coming from Jesus, you're, thinking, um, depending on your personality, you're like, is this going to be like um, Jesus is at a desk and I'm on the other side of the desk and he goes over to a filing cabinet and he pulls it open and then he grabs my file and he's like looking through it and he's going, mm, right, mm, right. And, and he's got his leg crossed, right? And like bobbing up his, yeah, and then you've got your leg crossed and you're worried, right? You're nervous. And maybe that's your mentality. You're thinking this is an evaluation moment. And I, I got to tell you, it's not this. Right? As you read this, is this evaluation or is this commendation? This is commendation. Jesus is going to commend you for all the things you do. We see that in the beginning of Corinthians as well. Right? Jesus is going to commend you. This is personal interaction from Jesus who loved you with his life and then gifted you. All right? So what about the person who buries the opportunity and responsibility? What about, what about that guy? Here's verses 24 through 28. It says, he also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, here you have what is yours. So he gives it back to Jesus. Verse 26, but his master said to him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I do not, where I've not sown and gather where I've scattered no seed. Then, then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. So what about the third? What about the third servant? He made lazy excuses with twisted theology and Jesus repurposed the gift. Like the gift's gonna get used, but it, it got repurposed, right? Um, Jesus is not a hypocritical master reaping where, where he did not sow, 
Just think about that for a minute. Jesus came, the W thing, right? He came and he ministered to us and he taught us how to make disciples and he taught us how to learn from him and follow him. And then he rose, he died on the cross and rose from the dead and ascended on high. He by all means has done these things that he's encouraging us to do. In fact, they're his gifts that are on loan to us. And so the servant just had it all wrong and he's making excuses and he's rationalizing. And so bottom line, you serve who you love. And this servant did not love Jesus. The servant did not love Jesus. And it was really clear. And Jesus is going to be super honest with him about that in the next few verses. But before we get there, I just want to ask some practical questions, right? As we understand that future reward is ours in the Lord Jesus, and that reward is entering into his joy and hearing from him, well done, good and faithful servant, and being given responsibility in heaven, it really puts things here in perspective, right? right? Like maybe you have a boss that wants evil or just go, go over the line. You think from this passage, I'll serve Jesus because I, I care way more about his commendation than my boss's. Or maybe you're someone who just cares way too much about what other people think. You came in today, you're like, I don't know if I can do all this because what if, what if I don't do a good job and people are gonna think things and all of that. Just live for Jesus' well done instead. Live for his well done instead. And then another one is maybe you're trying to decide if you're gonna go all in for Jesus or, or keep making excuses. And reading this passage, it's like, go all in for Jesus. Go all in for Jesus, right? You can receive a well done from Jesus when he returns. And here's the last point today. The last point is one's lack of fruit may prove the absence of saving faith. And this is big, and this is hard. Two verses, Jesus lands the plane. Two verses, 29 through 30. One's lack of fruit may prove the absence of saving faith. So 29 through 30, it says, for to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is really similar to last week's passage. We saw that half of the wedding party was affiliated with Jesus, but they didn't have saving faith in Jesus. And a lack of fruit here is evidence of, of the absence of faith. It proved that this servant was not saved and was therefore cast into hell. This is heavy. It's heavy. But you'd rather Jesus inform you and warn you than you later say, uh, why didn't you tell us? So if, if you're receiving this verse and you're thinking, this, this is me, I'm not sure I'm, I'm saved because I don't know that I have faith that works. I don't know that I have a love for Jesus that makes me want to serve him. I don't know that I understand that Jesus has given me gifts that I, I can use. I don't know that I have a relationship with Jesus. I, if that's you, I, I just couldn't be more thankful for this moment. I want you to give your life to Jesus Christ. Jesus wants to save you and forgive you and you can be saved and forgiven by placing your faith in him for the forgiveness of sins, right? And then he's gonna gift you and then your faith can work it's beautiful, all right? Um, I find it interesting that I think so often we think in like, we think in categories like those are really big bad sins and then here's some that are kind of okay and then, you know, no one can really be perfect, right? So we create more categories than there really are and, and you're not, you may not be a murderer, but, but here in this passage, squandering opportunities for faith in Jesus, like squandering the opportunity to give your faith, give your, give, place your faith in Jesus. And then the second thing, not letting that faith work that receives the same sentence of eternal judgment from Jesus. 
right? So, so this could not be more clear, right? Just place your faith in Jesus and, and be saved, all right? And then you let your faith work. So, so there it is, parable of talents, so helpful, so, so motivating, like we can hear well done, good and faithful servant from Jesus. So as we, as we close, I, I, wanna, I wanna help land this into our lives practically, right? As we await the return of Christ, there's two things that we're doing as we've looked at these first two sections in Matthew 25. The first one is vigilance. The second one is diligence. The vigilance is us looking and recognizing we can be saved by grace through faith or if you are saved by grace through faith, you're looking for Jesus. You're excited about his return. And then the second thing is diligence. It's honoring Jesus and advancing his kingdom with the gifts and the opportunities and the gospel that he has already given you. Right, we're not lame duck Christians, right? Waiting on the return of Jesus. We are gifted and we have opportunities and responsibilities that will bear much fruit for Jesus in this world, all right? So um, I wanna give some response time and I'm, I'm gonna ask a few questions as we go, but first, I just wanna say that um, this is a really encouraging passage to preach here at this church. Um, God is doing so much and we're not like a sit on the bleachers church and just watch, right? Um, so many of us are in small groups. So many of us are on serving teams. Y'all, we had over 20 people get trained as small group leaders, small group leader training in the past two weeks. 40 people were at the CLI Prison Alliance thing yesterday. We've got mission trips to Africa coming that we're gonna tell you about really soon. The students are going overseas. So many amazing things are happening. This is awesome. So, so I pray that this passage is like helping you understand you are talented with gifts from Jesus. They're on loan for him. So steward them well for his glory. All right, here are some questions. And just bow your heads and talk to the Lord as we close today. First question is, who and what are your opportunities today? Who and what are your opportunities today? And this is a prayer you can pray every day, every morning. Lord, give me eyes to see these. What are they for today? The next question is, how will you steward those opportunities to honor King Jesus and to advance his kingdom? And then just briefly think, Lord, how have you gifted me? What talent, what spiritual gift, what particular means of sharing the gospel with others or articulating the gospel have you given me that I can use today? That's gonna be a really fun small group discussion question this week. It's talking about our gifts with one another, our talents with one another. Another question is, what is holding you back? So you've identified opportunities. You've even identified how. You've identified what your talents are, but what, what is holding you back? Is it fear of man? Is it laziness? Is it, is it guilt or shame? Is it just needing help from another brother or sister in Christ that can encourage you on? What is it? What's holding you back? And give that to the Lord.
And then last, and this is really fun, I want you to visualize the day when Jesus, who has saved you, commends you. I want you to visualize you, Jesus welcoming you into heaven. He's either come back or, or you've passed on from this earth. And Jesus, your King, your Savior, you see his scars, you see his outstretched arms. He's welcoming you in heaven. And he's gonna say to you the phrase that's in this passage, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into my joy. Just visualize that. Let it motivate you for Jesus' glory, for the good of others. God, we give you glory for all that you've done. Jesus, you came out of heaven. You're the eternal God. You came out of heaven. You came here. You taught. You preached. You saved. You healed. You ministered. And then you died on the cross to pay our penalty. You rose from the dead, proving that you have power over death and eternal darkness. And then you ascended on high. And as you're ascending on high, you give gifts to your church and your kingdom for kingdom purposes. And God, we are blown away that, we can, that we're saved, that we're forgiven, that we're gifted, that we have responsibility. That's all the purpose, all the identity that we need. And God, forgive us for looking for it in all the, all the wrong places and help us, God, get our eyes fixed on you. Vigilant and diligent, Lord Jesus, we praise you for everything you've given us. Would we serve you with our lives? We pray these things in your name and by the power of your spirit. Amen.